0: Yeah, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to the theawesomo.com NFL On The Contrary Show, your favorite time of the week, presented by prizepicks.com. I'm Dave Lockwood at Lafay underscore D, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. For those of you podcast listeners and joining me as always each and every week, Alex Baker at Awesomo DFS. Awesomeo himself, one might say. Yeah, I was thinking about it this morning, man. You could not have found because you have you have what seven entries into the the DraftKings live final. You could not have picked a more insane week to have a live final.
1: I know it's like of all the weeks to have the signature event, it has to be the one where like three quarters of the guys are going in and out because of COVID.
0: It's not like I I don't even know I I don't even know how you start building lineups until Sunday morning at this point. I mean, you, you have to think we're going to get more surprises, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be like 30 minutes before lock kind of thing.
0: Yeah, it feels like (laughs) it It really does. So we're going to talk about all of that. And we're joined by you could call him a guest. You could call him somebody that you see all the time at Awesome. One of our own bringing someone in in in-house and happy to do so. Matt Savoca at Draftaholic. What's going on, brother? Glad to have you back on the show.
2: Yeah, happy to be here. My second time on the contrary here. Alex, thrilled to be here with you again. And uh, yeah, uh, I would say that every DFS analyst's process is also in health and safety protocols because we can't do anything at the correct time. I think 30 minutes before lock is the right time to start any kind of good analysis. I'm just
0: kidding. (laughs) I mean, we have, yeah, don't say that. People won't watch it. No, but this, look, the good thing is we already have a lot of news. So if you're really serious about this week's slate, you probably do, you want to start now at least when it comes to understanding what the hell's going on. Because especially, you know, if you're hand-building or even if you're you're crunching and you need to set groups and you need to understand what this slate looks like, an hour prior to lock, even two hours, probably isn't going to give you enough time. I mean, look, we have a a four-and-a-half-hour live stream uh that all leads up to live before lock takes you up to kickoff matt you're on that guy live before lock show but it's uh it's going to be a lot to digest there's no doubt about it our goal here is to hit on all of the most important topics heading into week 15 give you some contrarian picks talk about the chalk talk about some of the fades and uh provide a few bets along the way because that's pretty fun i'll tell you what though um Matt it's funny and welcome Chad appreciate you man welcome to team awesome awesome most solid badge if you want to join just like Chad did hit that join down below get the badges the custom emojis the the shout outs the the free super chats each month and uh we'll always prioritize your questions along with all the people in our premium discord but uh, can, can we can we start talking about you know Travis Kelsey doesn't have it anymore I, I think yesterday was enough to assume that uh, game script had played a lot into his struggles the guy is totally fine. Well, his uh, yeah. target
1: share <laughs> sorry, his target Share is down this year, or at least it was. So, uh, yeah, I got a, a flurry of messages like, oh, the age model, like <laughs> <and> stuff, because <laughs> I, I was kind of knocking Kelsey last night, but that's how it goes.
0: <laughs> I look, I'm not saying, I'm not saying he's exactly the same as he was last year, but he can still do things like he did yesterday and him and Tyree kill still have a 50 plus percent combined target share. That's all I'm saying. The guy's still very good. He's still the, if there's one tight end that you said, I want to have him, it's probably if you're going into the playoffs this year, still Kelsey, Matt, come on. Yeah, of course.
2: And and we're, you know, we're kind of splitting hairs here because people are acting like the sky is falling because they don't have a 65% target share anymore. They still have a 50% target share. A lot of targets, you know, what Kelsey can do after the catch is only the only person who can do that is George Kittle. Basically what he showed last night is that after the catch, there are only two elite players at tight end and it's Kittle and Kelsey.
0: Well, we had our holiday zoom party yesterday. It's like 50 people in a zoom room. What can go wrong? It's a lot of fun though. And well the live finals coming up. We got a lot of awesome representation. I'm pulling for all of you guys to take it home. Ben asked you yesterday Alex, how much money was this on stream or after the stream about how much money would it take for someone to give you in order to run a 17 train in the live final.
1: <laughs> That's not even the worst thing I heard yesterday. Like uh I was doing this podcast and we were on the topic of how much it would cost how much you'd have to be paid to eat testicles.
0: <laughs> what kind? Of is that
1: testicle? human testicles? Oh. I'm like, how did this? How did he bring this up? Like, this is just like uh, what podcast was <laughs> that? Uh, it's actually pretty cool. I'll, I'll tweet about it when it comes out. But
0: okay, so what was your answer?
1: Uh, well, it was all in relation to this FFWC. So my price was the 2.5 million per testicle.
0: <laughs> okay. Matt, does that sound the reasonable? Is... <laughs> um, I haven't done
2: the I haven't done the math yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's no math, man. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, yeah. Oof.
2: If okay. it was like
0: bull testicles. Yeah. Then, like, yeah, yeah, that's a thing. Know, give me fifty bucks. But <laughs> no, I mean, I would take more than that. But that that yeah, I'm gonna have to listen to that because that. Doesn't sound like a conversation I I would envision popping up on most fantasy sports podcasts, but we got to talk football. We're glad to have you guys with us. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet and subscribe to the channel 68,600 hundred. We're 1,400 away from 70,000. Thanks to all of you fine people. So if you like this content, you want to see more and you want to help support us, help us feed that YouTube algorithm, combat the overlords here on the YouTubes, go ahead and do that. Only takes a single second. And we'll be forever grateful. All right. So let's let's just dive straight into this because we got a lot to get into. A lot of crazy stuff. Now, Alex, I want to ask you, with there being so many low totals this week, the highest is like 47 and a half. And not just that, there's some huge spreads. There are six spreads of at least nine and a half points among these 11 games. Two other ones are, are around five and a half, six points. It really is getting crazy. Is there anything you do different in terms of exposures when you're looking at, like right now, there are 30 players between 10 and 15% projected ownership?
1: Yeah. I mean, the really weird part about the slate is that there isn't any stud running backs. Like Najee Harris is the only high-priced running back. So it it becomes like uh, a spot where there's – like your total lineup construction is going to be different this week because you don't have those spend-up options at running back. They're all at wide receiver. So everyone's going to be spending up at wide receiver. It kind of creates a situation where maybe you can unlock some interesting builds by going a different direction than that, but it's pretty tough to get away
2: from.
0: Do you feel the same way, Matt?
2: Yeah, I mean, pretty much. In fact, could you go one step further and join Team jam in with two stud wide receivers like we typically do with two stud running backs on this very strange main slate you know there really isn't anyone in the top tier of running back that i feel like you have to get to everyone has warts on their profile really all all the way down until the the middle tier so so in that case i think maybe you just go with a player like cooper cup and add a Debo samuel or a Devonte adams or Deontay johnson to it so uh you don't have to, but I think you could do two stud wide receivers for sure this week.
0: How are you approaching the all of this this uncertainty with with COVID, Matt? Like you look at Washington, that line has now moved to twelve. You and I talked about it yesterday, and I think it was six and a half. Two days before that, I think it was three and a half or four and a half. We're at twelve points here. Uh, Philly laying 12 at home. Taylor Heineke on the COVID-19 list now. They're probably starting Garrett Gilbert, if you remember him from that Cowboys start against the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. We don't have to get into them specifically because we will in a little bit. Uh, and then the Rams dealing with some pretty significant COVID. Like, it, it, when it comes to just preparing for a slate like this, Are you going about it routinely as you normally would and just paying, being a lot more vigilant about what's going to happen? Cause I can't imagine we don't get more news in the coming days leading up to Sunday lock.
2: I think this is pretty unprecedented with the way that players are dropping out of the player pool in the middle of the week in a way that we don't typically see. Sometimes it's one, two, three players, but, you know the Rams have 25 players on the COVID-19 list. If, you know, you're just a casual fan and you're coming into this slate on a Thursday or Friday, it wouldn't be, you know, crazy to think that you you have a lot of work to do to catch up in all of this news. So, I do think from a DFS standpoint, it becomes a week where you can sort of separate yourself by being prepared, understanding who gets more snaps and more routes. But also, it becomes a week where you can still just play the best plays and hope that people get uber-contrarian, over-contrarian around you, letting them make mistakes with just completely off-the-wall picks.
0: So, Alex, the Cardinals aren't dealing with real COVID issues, but DeAndre Hopkins is out for six weeks. James Conner did not practice yesterday. Uh, Chase Edmonds hasn't been activated yet. And they're huge, almost two touchdown favorites against the Detroit Lions, who have been a sieve defensively uh, on a lot of fronts. And we saw that last week where the Denver Broncos just absolutely ate them alive on the ground game. How are we playing this one right now? That's so much uncertainty still, but this could open up a lot in the passing game and in the rushing game if things go according or if, if things don't go according to plan for the Cardinals.
1: Yeah. I think that if Connor uh, is healthy, you're going to want to play him. That's a big if because it looked like he got hurt at the end of the game on Monday. Um, So we keep on that. But we know we're going to want to play one of the Cardinals backs. We just don't know who it is yet. So Chase Edmonds, if he's activated, I think he's expected to be activated last week, but was a little bit slow on recovery. He's coming back from a high ankle sprain, which is concerning. So we're gonna to have to really read the news, uh, to to know what's going on in Arizona. This isn't really like a situation where logic's gonna get us there. It's all gonna be about kind of reading the tea leaves about who's actually getting the playing time.
0: For sure, and that's kind of an issue, man. I mean, even in the passing game, AJ Green becomes kind of interesting without the Andre Hopkins. Someone mentioned that on our matchup show yesterday. Does. If, if they end up being down multiple running backs, does Ronda Moore get opportunities out of the backfield? But ultimately, and, and I agree with what Alex say, is saying, ultimately this team still has an insanely high implied total and they're still going to score points. That's kind of where I'm at. If, if it was a, a team with a 16, 18 point total, you say, all right, you know what? Forget about them. We won't worry too much. But this is one of those spots. You're probably going to want some exposure in some way to the Arizona Cardinals.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I know this is on the contrary, but, This kind of does lean me into just play Kyler and just let everyone else figure it out from there. Kyler Murray is still an excellent, excellent play this Sunday. You know, I, I kind of think that the rational thing to do if you're the Cardinals is to try to get the ball into the hands of your top three playmakers if if Connor is out, so you have Hopkins out and Connor out in this situation, I would say the top three playmakers are AJ Green, Christian Kirk, and Rondale Moore. And now, regardless of how that it, you know divvies up between rushes and short passes, I'm not sure you should really care that much. Sort of like what we've seen in San Francisco with Debo Samuel. I'm not sure we can say that's definitely what the Cardinals are going to do, but. It, We were kind of talking about this yesterday a little bit, Lafayette. There aren't really a lot of scenarios where I say it's all systems go for, Eno Benjamin or really all systems go for Chase Edmonds. Even if Connor is out, I think I still want to lean on the passing game.
0: Okay. Man, even. Okay. So if Connor and Edmonds are out. Both of them.
2: Oh, well, if they're both out, I think that it's kind of just the, the fundamental thing you play a running back at low salary who's going to get all the touches as a favorite. Okay. It doesn't even matter. Yeah.
0: What about on the other side of this one then, Alex, where you've got Deandre Swift in in a situation where I don't see any way he plays this week. Uh, TJ Hawkinson is done for the year after undergoing surgery. So, and and Jamal Williams still hasn't been activated from the COVID-19 list. Is there anything as a potential runback that you'd like to get to for Detroit this week if you're stacking up the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray?
1: Uh, uh, well, I wish we had Chest is okay on to help us with these lines, but <laughs> unfortunately, we don't. So, we'll have to make do. Uh, I do want to second Matt's point about Rondale Moore, who he's been getting, you know, like about one to two rushing attempts per week on average, so like maybe it's a situation like Debo Samuel where you get him maybe getting a little bit more work out the like kind of getting jet sweeps and and stuff so he could get a bump like which you wouldn't expect with the running backs being out we'll have to to see um on the Detroit side I mean uh I think that Monroe St. Brown is really the kind of where it starts for me he uh He's been getting all the, like, he's on the field, like almost every play, been pretty successful. Like, the price is up, but he's, like, the only guy you can count on because at tight end, people were expecting Brock Wright would be the tight end in Detroit, but there's actually Shane Zilstra who got more work, and I have no lean on which one that's going to be this week. Like, this isn't a situation where, like, Hawkins is out, so play the backup. Uh, but whoever does play at running back, I did see that Craig Reynolds and Jermar Jefferson split the work at running back in practice. If Swift and Jamal Williams are out, uh, well, Jamal Williams could be back from the COVID list. So this one's another murky one, but Jermar Jefferson was dealing with flu-like symptoms last week, and that's why he didn't play. So uh, Craig Reynolds got most of the work, but I don't think we can count on that. If Jamar Jefferson has recovered this week.
0: Yeah, that was strange. Jamar Jefferson played three snaps. Uh and Igwood Bukey, is that how you say it? Uh he was he was in on the field for 44 percent of steps. Craig Reynolds, though, yeah, led the team in in, in in running back carries. So I don't know, Matt. It's an ugly team, but people always want to run things back. I'm honestly not even that opposed to just not going with a run back if necessary, because not every game results not every tournament winning lineup with a stack results in a run back every time it's just not the case there are some very good teams that can light you up for 40 points and on the other side you end up scoring you know 10 or 14 but there's no real top tier scores and that could be the case here they're massive massive road favorites
2: yeah that's that's definitely true and remember guys from a macro perspective from a lineup building perspective we're just building in correlation to our lineup. So that's why we have run back options. You can still have one, two, three correlated sets of players in your lineup without having a run back option. So I completely agree here. I do want to say Amon Ross St. Brown, it, you know, looking at the last six weeks, if you look at the lowest salary players who are running elite route who have elite route participation rate. I'm on ross saint brown is in one of those value categories for me so i definitely think he's a solid value uh what is he 5200 yeah that's pretty good if you want to have a run back
0: yeah i think so too and it, it, you know the next game too with the with the bills and panthers matt you've got the bills 11 point favorites against the panthers you and i discussed this yesterday i do agree I dj Moore definitely someone that you could be looking at is as, as a run back but could this also be one of those games where the Bills just drop 40 on them and and it ends up being just complete destruction on one side of the football? I don't know. but Cam Newton's expected to start again. On the other side, Emmanuel Sanders is unlikely to play. And Josh Allen, although he's dealing with that minor case of turf toe, looks like he's going to be on the field this week. It's really hard not to be pretty enthusiastic or pretty excited about a Bills stack, especially when you can get a $3,700 Gabriel Davis too.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that DJ Moore has enough of a target floor for me to consider him an option. And Robbie Anderson, I know he was in a bunch of tournament-winning lineups last week, but DJ Moore still tied him in receiving yards. It was just Anderson who got the touchdown. I do think that this game, this Buffalo Carolina game, has more shootout potential. The a more a higher probability of going over its middling total because Carolina at least has playmakers and rushing upside from the quarterback position. Uh, I will say that I'm more intrigued by Carolina as run back options than Detroit.
0: What about you, Alex?
2: I think that uh, with Buffalo,
1: it's going to be really interesting because uh, like obviously being huge favorites, you want to pick a running back, but Buffalo is like the worst team for running backs. I'm going to be really looking if Zach Moss is a healthy scratch again this week. If he's active, I think that means Buffalo probably wants to run the ball more. If he's inactive, that probably means the game plan is they're going to pass more. Uh, We'll probably get that news uh, around 1130 on Sunday. So that will be something I'm factoring in, but I think that uh, regardless, Gabe Davis should get the bomb with Sanders out and, uh, I think Beasley could see a little bit more work too. He, he's a little bit more game script sensitive where he's not a great blocker. So they'll take him off the field if they're up big. So I'm not sure if that's going to be the case with Sanders out or, or what, but uh, he, he's going to get, he has a pretty good target share when he's on the field.
0: Yeah. And look, the top stack tool has Buffalo with the second highest top stack probability on the week, still a positive leverage score. They don't like to run the football. They're what top five in game game script adjusted pass play percentage. I mean, every or fourth, really. Every everything kind of leads to this being one of those spots where they can really just put their foot on the on the gas and 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 throttle the Carolina Panthers. But if you had the Alex, if you were going with with one preferred run back, would it be DJ Moore? I mean, it kind of has to be, right? Unless there's somebody else here like an Anderson. Well.
1: I think DJ Moore is the best run back. He uh he should have a huge target share now that Christian McCaffrey is no longer in the picture. He got targets last week. And uh you you have a situation where Carolina's a big dog, so you're not quite as worried about Cam just running it a million times. One caveat is Carolina's not a team you need a run back with because if you have Josh Allen, you're kind of hoping that Cam Newton just has a big day and you can't pick two quarterbacks
0: yeah unless he gets benched again <laughs> I, I know Matt you were saying it might be the fact that he doesn't know the two-minute drill but does that mean that they're just going to bench him in two minute drill situation
2: no it's not good it's not good. it's not <laughs> yeah. I don't know I, I guess one last point I would I would make is that over the last two games Amir Abdullah played a 54% snap share, seen 10 targets. That's third on the team. I'm not sure that really matters from a DFS perspective, but it does take away from the big two. The running back targets, you know, it's not Christian McCaffrey level targets going to the running back position, but they definitely still exist in this offense.
0: All right, Matt, sticking with you, let's get to the spot that people want to talk about here, okay? Uh, Texans and Jaguars, who'd have thought we'd be talking about that? Uh, Alex tweeted out a link to the show talking about the Jaguars potentially being uh, in, in a sneaky spot. And you yesterday said maybe we got a little narrative action going on here. So this is where things get interesting, fellas. Daryl Bevel taking over as interim head coach. I feel like that guy has been a, an assist or a, an interim head coach more times than I than you can believe. Maybe not. But either way, he's the interim head coach. He said yesterday that James Robinson is his starter and he intends on using him that way. All right, lock in the eight carries. And I'm joking. I, I think, <laughs> honestly, James Robinson is in as good a spot as you can get. Carlos Hyde's already been ruled out with a concussion. I, I don't really know how you get away from that. But um, Matt and then Alex, what about the passing game for Jacksonville? Because Robinson's got to be super chalky by the time lock rolls around on Sunday.
2: He's definitely going to be super chalky. I hope this passing game unlocks. I mean, you have Trevor Lawrence at the helm. You had a lot of hope coming into the season. Hopefully some coaching, some more rational coaching, just just league average coaching gets this team and this passing game to a better spot. I hope it's a big boost for Marvin Jones, personally. Jones has led the team in target, uh, excuse me, in air yard share. But since week 10, He's been slightly below LaVishka Chenault. I know Alex was a big LaVishka Chenault believer going into the season, and it hasn't really hit, but it really feels like a utilization problem, not necessarily a talent problem. So if anything, I would just like to see Trevor Lawrence get the opportunity to throw 45 times a game to figure out NFL defenses so that when they get to next year, hopefully with more talent from the draft, they have a chance of being a better team. This week I will play some Marvin Jones. I think he's under 4 uh under 5% owned right now at 4600. He looks like a really strong value to me. They're not favored very often so why not take a chance on Jones?
0: LaVisca Chanel, Marvin Jones, Alex, this will this will take some balls getting to this spot with any, you know, frequency but maybe maybe things turn around. I I I really don't know. I'm not going to pretend that I do know, but Maybe it turns around. What do you think?
1: So in my kind of observations, uh, I haven't done any any like really formal research on this, but when head coaches get fired, like almost always, it feels like the game plan is almost exactly the same going forward Um, because these are guys that all kind of work together. It's not like someone completely new kind of shaking up the organization. Jacksonville has leaned slowly towards the run. Uh, relative to other teams with a 45% rush rate in neutral game scripts. So that's leading me towards uh, James Robinson from the Jags. I think Marvin Jones and Chenault, you know, good plays for the price as well. But uh, you have a situation where Houston has a suspect offense and defense. So Jacksonville should be in line to perform and James Robinson Looks like he didn't put practice yesterday, but it was kind of a planned rest day, so he seems like he's doing fine. Uh, he's not expensive, so I think that Robinson is in a good spot this week.
0: Yeah, he hasn't been practicing midweek recently, so I, I wouldn't worry too much about that. Uh, I I just, I don't really want to stack this game. I think that's probably getting ahead of ourselves. So talking about like, oh, you know, this, everything could change now with Bevel. He was already the offensive coordinator, right? So maybe you've got a point there, Alex, that it doesn't change as much as we think. Maybe they run a little bit more. Maybe James Robinson's more involved. That's where I'm leaning. I think a lot of people will be leaning there. But on the other side, I don't mind Brandon Cooks either, just based on the overall insane 30-plus percent target share that he has when Davis Mills is on the field. That's really it, unless you want to get to like a Brevin Jordan. Do you like anything from, from Houston this week?
1: Yeah, I think uh, with Rex Burkhead out, we got David Johnson. Uh, I mean, he's not been terribly productive this year. It's not. It's more of a uh, uh, a situation where maybe a, a, a throwback game. Uh, the other running back in Houston is Royce Freeman or, or uh, someone off the practice squad because Scotty Phillips is also out for this game. So I think uh, between David Johnson and Royce Freeman, there's going to be enough production to pay off one of those price tags i'm leaning towards david johnson because he's a clear option in the receiving game and then i think they probably like have a pretty even workload in rushing attempts Uh, maybe you guys can talk me off david johnson
2: if you're not feeling him this week
0: yeah i'd be happy to he's a plug your nose and play option
2: he is he is I mean, you don't feel good about starting anyone in the Houston Texans backfield, no doubt about it. But in expected fantasy points, which is that roll-up opportunity metric, that's just on a scale that's easier to understand. He's 20th among running backs on this slate in expected fantasy points, and he's 31st in salary, 4900 So I think just from an opportunity compared to salary basis, he does make sense. Brandon Cooks is a value, too. You could definitely see him getting eight to 12 targets in this matchup. So I see your point, Laffy. But yeah, I think we're back to David Johnson po- possibly this week.
0: You guys are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, look. What are
2: you doing?
0: What's up?
1: <laughs> we're here to get a little crazy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> dude. Well, dude. All right. All right. I'll go. I'll, 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 I see you're crazy and I will raise you uh, <laughs> some crazy. I'd rather pay up a few hundred dollars to Devonta Freeman. I, I know that, that Huntley isn't great, but there's still a better offense than, than the Houston Texans. It's, it's probably a better matchup for Houston, but you still have Andrews and Brown and you know normally you'd say, well, wouldn't that mean that you would want to get less of someone? Not if it means I'm getting more carries and opportunities closer to the goal line. I told Matt yesterday, Devonta Freeman over the last four weeks is, is sixth in running back touches, essentially saw, uh, tied with, with Najee Harris. So I think he's a perfectly reasonable running back at, say, 50, what is it, 5,500. I get David Johnson. They're both not that efficient. They're both old. Like it's, they're in that same basket, right? but I I like Freeman a little bit more because I think they're going to use him heavily. And he's taking the reins from Latavius Murray, as we've seen over the last couple of weeks, but they're all plug your nose guys kind of in that range outside of James Robinson. All right. Who else are we talking about here? Oh, okay. This, I honestly don't even know what to do here with, with Washington and Philly. The, the, Twelve point spread now is just truly absurd based on where it opened. Probably getting Garrett Gilbert starting or Jordan Teamu. Do you remember? You remember him? You guys remember him? Uh, not really. No, you didn't watch any XFL, did you?
2: A little bit, not enough. So,
0: Alex, did were you playing XFL uh, DFS?
1: Yeah, you,
2: you betcha. Uh, I I didn't <laughs> oh, win anything. he was a but... guy. Oh yeah, I figure him out. He
0: he was on St. Louis, I think it was, right? No,
2: I know I I know how I saw him. I saw him in all the DK Metcalf and AJ Brown college highlights.
0: Oh, there you was go. was he the
2: one throwing to those guys?
0: Yeah, that yes, and and he was on the St. Louis Battlehawks they were pretty decent team, man. I loved XFL. I loved betting on that. I loved XFL DFS. It's coming back, Alex.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I mean The Rock is part of whatever the XFL, so I have I have some hope.
0: Yeah, <laughs> me too. Our next, our future president. All right. <laughs> uh people want this guy to run for it's hilarious what we're turning into. Washington uh Football team or 12-point dogs, Matt, against the Eagles. They have 22 players on the COVID-19 list. I mean, they're celebrating getting a third-string tackle back today. It's bad. Taylor Heineke just hit the, the COVID-19 reserve list. They're probably starting Garrett Gilbert. Things, things are not looking particularly pretty for them, and you see that is reflected 100% in the line. 12 points is insane from where it opened at.
2: Yeah, you could see a team winning this game like 18 to to 7 or something like that. This game could go way under its total here. Washington may not be able to move the ball whatsoever. And Terry McLaurin, has he been cleared from the concussion protocol yet? you know, who exactly do they have if Terry McLaurin is out? JD McKissick is trending towards out. Antonio Gibson, I guess, is going to get plenty of touches here. I guess that's the game plan going in, right? You just hand the ball to Antonio Gibson as many times as you possibly can and hope he can figure out something. But Adam Humphreys, DeAndre Carter, and Ricky Seals-Jones as your top receiving options, getting thrown passes from a quarterback who's literally never thrown an NFL pass that doesn't sound like something we need to target in DFS
0: oh he has he started a game last year
2: oh sorry I forgot
0: that's okay (laughs) Pittsburgh Steelers yeah Garrett Gilbert man it was the Ben DiNucci Garrett Gilbert uh yeah that era but here's the crazy
1: thing is Washington is is still in the playoff hunt, so we got to expect them to really try to win this game. They have a 27% chance of making the playoffs. So I feel like um, I did read Kyle Allen is not ruled out for sure for this game. If he plays, he's been with the football team for a while, so we'd have more confidence that he knows the playbook and can get some of the receivers involved. But if it's Garrett Gilbert, I think it's going to be all rushing. We see that from a lot of times where – Teams have to start a quarterback that, like, isn't on the team. Basically, like Kendall Hinton. I guess that's not exactly what happened, but he came in as the backup quarterback. They ran the ball uh, like eighty percent of the time. So I don't know if it'll be that crazy, but Antonio Gibson snaps or uh, rushing attempts it could be like off the charts.
0: And they have been right. Like outside of last week, they definitely have been. You're right, though. Yeah, maybe Allen plays. I. I I don't know. It would be it would still be an upgrade from Garrett Gilbert or Teyamo, I think. But this team's in trouble. And they're you mentioned that they're in the playoff picture, Alex. They're not just in the playoff picture. Right now, they hold the seventh seed. So and, and and the Eagles are if the Eagles win this game, I believe the Eagles would then supplant them and take that spot. So this is a big game. But let me tell you, I I think the eagles are going to try to run the ball 50 times in this game i really do i the, have you seen the, the the washington defensive line completely decimated and this is already a team this is where they have been strong there but they lost chase young um they lost montez sweat and now they're down to like third stringers on the def- on the defensive line if that's the if that's the Eagles' specialty right there, you. I, I the only thing is I don't know if Miles Sanders plays. I don't know if Jordan Howard plays. It's a spot I'd love to exploit because I think they're going to absolutely run it as much as humanly possible. But how do we get there? What do we get to?
2: Matt. Yeah, I mean, are any of these other running backs going to play? Like maybe you play Kenny Gainwell at sub one percent ownership. If that if that's the case, I mean, yeah, I'm looking at uh, these these playoff leverage scores. And essentially this is the most consequential game on the entire slate in terms of making the playoffs here. The winner goes along is basically has no shot has like an under 15% chance. And the winner has like a coin flip chance. So Alex is right there. If that's the case, then you got to think that Jalen hurts is dying to play. So the only way he's, he's out is if that high ankle sprain makes him unable to rush like he usually is able to, if that's the case, then you've got to go with the starting running. If, if Gardner Minshew is in, you've got to go with the starting running back with the way that this line has moved, the way that Washington is decimated as a team. Hopefully it's Miles Sanders, but I'll take chances on Kenny Gainwell. Uh, I don't even know if Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, are they available this week?
0: Howard's a limited participant in practice. Boston Scott's perfectly fine. He was never actually hurt. He was just sick a couple weeks ago. So
2: So you think he'll be more utilized, or you would think he would be?
0: I'm almost certain, yeah. I mean, the only reason last week, and I I can flip this over to you, Alex, the only reason uh, two weeks ago that Kenny Gainwell was was utilized was because Howard was out, Sanders got hurt, and Boston Scott was sick. We still don't know what's going on. If it's just Scott and Gainwell, then Gainwell could get some work. But uh, what are you doing with this backfield if we get news that say Miles Sanders is in?
1: So if Sanders is in, I think we play Sanders. He uh, It seems like he's gotten decent snap count aside from that one game where he uh, got injured more, midway through the game. So uh, I feel pretty confident in Sanders. I agree that Philadelphia has really shifted their mentality to be a run-first team. There's going to be a, run, a lot of running attempts. And the funny thing is the like percentage of those that are Jalen Hurts runs have actually gone down because, like, a lot of times he runs are when he drops back. So uh, the running backs are getting a lot of action. Sanders is their lead back. I, I think he's a, he's a good contrarian play this week.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. It's just a matter of is he going to be active and what will Jordan Howard's status. If Jordan Howard's out, Miles Sanders becomes even more appealing here. We'll see. He had 24 carries the other week. So I guess at this point the only concern is, are, are, is, is Nick Sirianni saying – well, we want to go easy on him because this guy's always injured, or is it, hey, you know what, we had a bye week, and hopefully he's he's back to himself. But he turned into limited practice yesterday. We'll see what happens. The secondary for Washington is in uh, dire straits, too, though, Alex. Do we want to get to anything from, from Philly's passing game, and how much does that change your opinion if Minshew starts over Jalen Hurts?
1: In two starts. I think we do see a few more, more passing attempts uh, in Week Thirteen when we uh, we got a start. They they ran the ball fifty four percent of the time in neutral game scripts, which um, was kind of a counter example to that. But they were also up in that game, like from the get go. The Jets really put up no resistance to the Eagles in that game, so uh, I think that. That would be a a little bit of a boost to to the receivers, but not not a ton. I don't know if you're going to see them pass the ball more than half the time, which is a pretty big red flag.
0: I'm not feeling great about it either. If it's Minshew, maybe I'll get to some Goddard, but there's some good tight end plays on this slate, so maybe it's just a spot that we get away from and look elsewhere. Now, Matt, you earlier talked about in the show, earlier you talked about, Cooper Cup. Do we want to get him in with Devontae Adams uh, or a Debo Samuel? I really am intrigued by this strategy because if you do that, and and I would like to, you could go cup, you can pair him with Stafford. You can go, you can go Devontae Adams with Aaron Rodgers. You could probably even make an argument for Garoppolo against Atlanta if you wanted to, you know, try some crazy things there. But does that put you in a position where you get funneled into very, very similar lineups to other people like James Robinson comes in there, punt defense comes in there, probably a, a punt tight end comes in there as a result, or do you think you can get different and still build decent lineups while not being duped? And Not even really duped because it's such a big slate, but I, I do think that it's worth a conversation of how much does that strategy funnel you to the exact same lineups or very similar lineups.
2: Well, I wouldn't worry about it too much because the strategy in itself is a flip of the standard build. We're, you know, the week is... So you do think this will still be...
0: You still think this will be different, a different build even this week is what you're saying?
2: Well, I think it'll be much, much more popular. I mean, that's why we're talking about it because it's much more viable. It'll be much, much more popular than it usually is. But still, when we're talking about going up in salary for multiple players... That in turn means we're gonna have to go to a lower salary option. And yes, there are obvious value plays. We spend all week talking about those obvious value plays, but there are also gonna be opportunities in that same salary tier, say 5K, and uh, you know you want to get up to Devontae Freeman, and I agree with you in that argument. But you don't quite have the salary because you want to play two stud wide receivers. That's a situation where you're going to have to plug your nose and play David Johnson. So obviously, this matters based on what contest you're playing. It's always contextualized for that. But I don't think there's going to be any issue getting getting contrarian with your uh, with your other plays if you do that.
0: What about you, Alex?
2: I. Uh...
1: Uh, I think Stafford's kind of interesting because so much of the field is on Cup without Stafford. So you're kind of getting a little bit of leverage over people that play Cup as a one-off. And that's particularly evident on FanDuel where Cup is thirty-nine percent owned while Stafford is um let's see, he's can't find his ownership right now, but it's I think it's below ten percent. So that's like uh, 30% of the, the people that in, are playing in this tournament are going to have Cup without Stafford. So you're kind of banking on Cup, like having a game that's not only good enough to be in the winning lineup, but uh, to get Stafford there, which is a pretty reasonable outcome. They've been fantastic this year, and it is in a, a home game for the Rams, which is significant because they play in a Dome. So I think Stafford's a great option this week. 7%
0: on Fanduel right now. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at builds too on on DraftKings. If you were to go Cup, Adams, Stafford, and James Robinson, and then throw in a defense that's not horrible, you got about four thousand per player remaining for the final four players. Can we make that work?
2: Well, it's not the well, easiest, okay. but I think we can.
1: Yeah, the the game stack is. Is a lot more feasible on FanDuel this week than DraftKings. I think this is one you would want to run back because Seattle does have a pretty good passing offense. If Lockett's out, that's going to really elevate yeah. Metcalf. Um, but you're right. I think on DraftKings, it really does funnel you into a, a specific build. So you're going to have to pound those value plays and you're going to have a lot of similar lineups to other people. So I do really like you more on FanDuel this week.
0: Yeah. I might, I might get a little more action on fan. I don't usually play there too often, but you know, it's just going to be like the Robinson and then the David Johnson. And then you're like, all right, I got to go cheap at tight end. I'm sure you can get different still in some spots, but it is one of those weird ones where when you've got two nine K guys, you're probably going to be landing on the same value plays as elsewhere. And we'll see. maybe on Sunday, we'll build some lineups in the deeper dive with, with that approach and see what happens. We should also be building some lineups over at Prize Picks if you guys haven't done so yet. They already had a sick promo where you use the promo code or the sign up code AWSEMO, A W E S E M O, and get $100 when you sign up uh, and make your first deposit, which was huge. But now, when you go to prizepicks.com or the App Store, download a Google Play, wherever you prefer, now if you do it, not only do you get the hundred dollar first match deposit bonus, but if you sign up using the link in our description and the one Tyler Zander, producing today's show, is about to throw into chat, you'll get a free month of awesome O Plus Platinum, ninety dollar value. Every single tool on the site: ownership, player projections, top stack tool, boom bus tool, lineup builder, all that stuff. Not just for football, but basketball, hockey, MMA, PGA, NASCAR, everything out there. If they have content, we have. Con- or if they have contests, we have content for it. And Prize Picks has props for literally everything it's insane you don't pick there's no juice on the over on You just picked over or the under there's a million different ways you can do it you can build a, a five prop lineup where if you hit all five you 10x your entry fee but unlike traditional books if you only hit four you still 2x exit if you hit three you still pro, uh, you still make some money back and you could do the four prop power, uh, lineup power play where you got to get all four right but you 10x it if you hit four it's really fun. And they've got, I mean, it just looks good too. That's one of the most important things. You come over there, you want it to look good. You want it to feel good. That's why I always liked DraftKings over other sites because its it looks better. Aesthetically, it's pleasing, at least when I was getting into it. PrizePix is just nice. And it's a, it's a great platform to win some money. Use our tools, use our odd shopper, use our player prop projections. They're all totally free. And get that free month of awesome Plus Platinum. They'll hit you up in 24 to 48 hours. Uh, And if you don't hear from him, just email us at support at awesomo.com. Alex, give me a prize pick prop that we've got that we can throw into some lineups this week.
1: One of the props I'm on this week is the Ben Roethlis under the uh, books have them really high. Uh, Let me log on and find the, the prize picks line, but. He averages like just over six yards per attempt. So it takes him like 40 attempts to get to even 240 yards, right? So like I've seen numbers of like 260 this week. And I just, uh, I think that everyone's way too high on Roethlisberger. He's
0: at 250 and a half on prize picks.
1: Yeah. So like obviously the Steelers aren't going to, they're not going to throw 40 times on average. So you take the under
2: there.
0: Doesn't feel like they're gonna do it in this game either. Matt, what do you have?
2: Uh right now I'm looking at Sterling Shepherd's uh right at his line is for receiving yards, 39.5 receiving yards on prize picks. I was just headed over to Odd Shopper. The best line I can get near me in New Jersey is over under 43.5. We haven't projected for 65 and a half yards. This looks like a smash over.
0: All right. I love it, and um, I'm going over 48-and-a-half rushing yards on Donta Foreman. Got to do it this week. Steelers are allowing five yards per carry. Not last week, not last month, on the year. Five yards per carry is insane, and there's just – even if there was a bit of a timeshare last week, you have to go back and look. Jeremy McNichols got – all of the fourth quarter work because they just – the game was a wrap. They knew that they, that they weren't going to get scored. It was all – Foreman was uh, – unless they just didn't like what he was doing, which I don't think is the case because he broke off a nice 10-yard uh, touchdown run. Foreman, I think, could have an opportunity to get a lot of up, a lot of carries this week, and he might not even need that many. 48-and-a-half is perfectly reasonable if you're looking at how bad this Pittsburgh run de- – they're an absolute sieve. So hit me with that. I'll take it. Prizepicks.com. Use the link when you sign up. Get the free month of Awesome up Plus. It's a ninety dollars value. You'd be crazy not to do that. And obviously, use the promo code Awesomeo. Get hundred dollars when you sign up. It's free money. I mean, you'd just be dumb not to take advantage of that. Really, if we're being frank. All right, let's keep going, fellas. I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers, Alex, and Devontae Adams and this Baltimore secondary that's been really beat up has allowed more 40 and 20-plus-yard pass completions than any team. What do you make of the stack this week with Rodgers, Adams, and then maybe guys like Lazard or or DeGuaro or or or, or MVS? Anything you like here?
1: Well, uh, I like Devontae Adams. I mean, he's always uh, one of the top receivers, and any of these guys can break the slate for 40 plus on any week you just don't know who it is so i'm going to have adams i don't love the sack because aaron Rodgers is priced up beyond his average production so i think a lot of times you're going to see that Devontae adams even if he has a big game makes the optimal and maybe a cheaper quarterback than rogers so i'm probably gonna to, to attack this game by just getting some exposure to adams
0: where are you at on it matt
2: I'm kind of the same I'm kind of the same way Uh, I was a little bit more hopeful that I could bank on some shootout potential of this game but it looks like Lamar Jackson missed practice again today we're recording this Friday morning around it's around noon Eastern right now and so now it's looking like Lamar Jackson's probably going to sit so this total at 43 and a half might even go down from here I really just want people who are opportunity hogs from a game like this. Uh, the Baltimore defense has had multiple injuries in the secondary and schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed a uh, defensive metric. I'm always looking at Baltimore is now 26th against opposing wideouts. That means just fire up Devonte Adams to me. If you're trying to get contrarian, I suppose you can do Marcus Valdez scantling and never really see him garner much more than like one, 2% ownership, but this offense is all about Adams, especially when the running back is like a, is in a, there's a timeshare in the running back position. So you don't know who it's going to be.
0: Oh uh, man. I I think I have a little bit more interest in, in the Rogers stack this week. Only here, here's why. Maybe, maybe I can convince you, Alex. Maybe I can convince you here. Our top stack tool has them with the second highest leverage score on the week. top stack probability. Pretty low ownership on Aaron Rodgers. Now I can't tempt you for some $4,000 Alan Lazard to throw in there and open things up a little bit with Devontae Adams. No. All right, I tried.
1: I mean, like, (laughs) this is music to my ears. I need to to get some Aaron Rodgers now. (laughs) Uh, One one other thing I'm thinking about this game is, like, you guys were talking about how it's a timeshare between – Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, and the ownership really reflects that. Both are sub-5%. I have no clue, like, which one is going to have a better game this week, but I think there's potential there that whoever is having a big game is going to get more work throughout the game. So that's one spot I'm willing to gamble on a little bit, just have a little bit of A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones because you have the money this week. There really aren't many spend-up running back options
0: no not at all and i talked about freeman on the other side of this one i mean matt with when it comes to tyler huntley I, i'm not he, he's obviously not lamar jackson let's not get it twisted but he he's kind of similar to lamar jackson the guy is extraordinarily athletic they're still going to they're still going to design plays for him to run I, I, there's no doubt about it. they're going to i watched him juke out seven eight defenders on a single play Last week. It was it was remarkable. Honestly, I would have thought it was Lamar Jackson if I didn't see the name on the back of his jersey. But it's still Tyler Huntley. He did, however, you know, throw for 270 yards against a decent Cleveland defense, was 27 for 38, and put them in a legitimate shot to make a come from behind victory, which almost happened. So I don't think, I mean, this let me put it to you this way. Tyler Huntley is not the same thing as us being like, oh, Garrett Gilbert starting for for the washington football team you know i still think he will be able to create a little bit and if i'm running back i like to get a little bit of uh, of mark andrews because they had a real connection last week andrews was 11 for 11 had a monster game but i don't i'd rather go with someone like him than go with some of these deep options even though he get he loved bateman as well i don't know man recency bias maybe but uh do you like anything at all for baltimore Pretty low tone. Yeah, I I
2: do definitely agree that the game plan doesn't change. We saw Lamar Jackson go out early in the first half, and Lamar Jackson has had a 35% rush rate, share of team rushes this year. When Huntley came in, the total for week 14 was 32% in terms of quarterback rush share between Jackson and Huntley. They still ran the ball. And the thing you mentioned earlier is that we often see with backup quarterbacks, they're targeting receivers in short area situations that often leads us to tight ends and running backs. And sure enough, we saw 16 targets between Devonta Freeman and Mark Andrews. So those are the bumps I would give if Huntley is in. I think the game plan stays the same. About 30 to 35% of the rushes go to the quarterback position. That gives a little downgrade to the running back, but I think you can reboost it, especially on a site like DraftKings, full PPR, when you say that, okay, those short area targets, they're going to have to lean on Devonta Freeman and Mark Andrews, to be honest. The one who probably gets a downgrade for me is Marquise Brown.
0: Yeah, Marquise Brown to me also downgrade, especially seeing that Rashad Bateman was very much involved uh, last game. There's no doubt about that either. So let me, uh, let, let, me, let me throw this out there. Alex, are there any other spots that we haven't hit on this week? We could talk about Miami before we get out of here, give our top fades, pivots, and a uh, favorite bet of the week whether it's Miami or any other, you know, San Francisco, the Rams here, Seattle, any one spot that you want to hit on? And then Matt, you as well. And then we'll give our top options to fade and pivot.
1: Oh yeah. I think Miami, you you, you called the one that probably I'd want to, to mention where Tua Tungvalu versus the Jets. We saw what Gardner Minshew could do versus the Jets. Uh, Miami, Tua, like he, he, throws like such short passes, but like they throw a lot. So uh it's not hard to seeing like, like if if a couple those win it could be a huge game for Tua. And uh, uh we'll have to watch out for Waddle's availability. Parker and just Sicky if Waddle doesn't play are gonna look like fantastic options. So even though this is chalk, I think
2: I might be over the field on Miami.
0: What about you, Matt? What spots do you what one spot do you want to hit on here?
2: Yeah, that's definitely close to number 1 for me. The one that's near it is San Francisco against Atlanta. I think there's been so much news, so much information, and so much changing of lines in these early games because of all these absences and COVID-19 lists. We can we can forget that San Francisco is over a touchdown favorite against an Atlanta defense that has had problems absolutely everywhere. So, I think Uh, exploiting that atlanta defense with a san francisco offense is a solid contrarian bet this weekend
0: somebody asked earlier too are we gonna have saturday content who do you think we are man of course we're gonna have saturday content not only do we have a live before lock tomorrow a deeper dive and then another live before lock for the uh for the showdown slate at night But apparently, I'm just seeing this now, this is entirely my fault. Apparently, I am on a a show for Strategy for Tomorrow's Slate uh, in just about an hour. So, uh, Neil Orfield and myself, NFL Saturday Strategy Show coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Surprise to me, surprise to you, but it'll be a good show for sure. Um, Alex, let's make this happen. Oh, and hit that thumbs up. Where are we at? We're at 68. We got 250 watching. Takes a second. Hit that. just, Just give it a tap. Come on, show it some love here. Hey, tap that thumbs up and we will close it out with top pivots, top fades of the week. Alex, who do you have for me? Can't tell if he's uh, frozen or not. Oh, there you go. The connection uh, stinks out there in Miami. We got to yes, call I someone guess. from the hotel and have them fix you up. <laughs> That's not a
1: bad idea. All right. So, my top fade is Kyler Murray. You're paying like a, a massive price uh, for him. The matchup versus Troy is awesome, but the price Problem is when teams are up, the quarterback rushes a lot less and passes out less. So you need to run back. Uh, and I don't try it enough to really like try to to make that part of my strategy this week. I much prefer going to a cheaper quarterback. So I want to mix it up a little bit. I think Tua is probably one of my top options. Showing with positive leverage, she's cheap and got great values at receiver.
0: All right. What about you, Matt?
2: Uh, My top fade. I know he's not the most, doesn't have the highest projected ownership, but it's certainly double digits. I'm not touching Ezekiel Elliott. I'm done with Ezekiel Elliott as a DFS option. I just don't think the ceiling is there. I know that the the game script should be positive. I know we typically target running backs who are going to have a lot of projected volume when they're double digit favorites, but I just think Ezekiel Elliott's efficiency is so far down that I don't want to take a chance. You were talking how even with Tony Pollard out that they still went to Corey Clement plenty last week. I think you could see that again. I'm fading Ezekiel Elliott. And as a pivot play, ooh, I think I want to go to the Jacksonville Jaguars passing game, specifically Marvin Jones. I know a lot of people are on James Robinson, and I think he's a great play. Cash games, I think you got to go there but if you wanna get different, I don't hate Marvin Jones, and I don't even hate LaVishka Chennault. I think that they have a great chance to have a quality game script, which they don't usually have, uh, and the passing game is gonna be super contrarian, so Marvin Jones is my pivot play.
0: Love it. I hate to do this to myself and to you guys, but uh, my fade, and well, the pivot is what you'll hate, but the the fade is Miles Gaskin. I think he's a fine play, but with Malcolm Brown back, If he's getting, he was getting a decent amount of goal line touches last time out. And I I think Gaskin is totally fine. I I don't have an issue with him, but I'm just not in love with him at all, especially in a 5K range that we have some alternatives. If he's going to be as high owned as we currently have him projected, which is one of the highest owned running backs on the slate, Uh, I'll, I'll probably make the pivot to Sanders if he's in. I mean, we saw him get 24 carries last time out. He's getting less than half of the ownership right now of miles Gaskin. I don't mind doing that. I think both of them will get opportunities. However, if the Eagles run the ball 40 plus times, which I really think is possible. And he's that low on, I'll probably, you know, lose my ass on miles Sanders again. So there's the pivot. Appreciate you guys. hanging out know, this is always Matt. Great stuff, man. Uh, Matt will be back. Ton of content coming up. I think you have a 1230 show as well. I think you have a show in like 25 minutes.
2: That's correct, sir. Excited to turn right back around and talk some more top stacks here with Greg.
0: All right. Yeah, you got that. I'm coming up at one o'clock. We're doing that. God, we got so much NHL strategy show, Yahoo, NFL, a a lot of just just stick around throughout the day and uh, join us tomorrow for everything we've got going on for the two game Saturday slate. And then Sunday all culminates with a four and a half hour live before lock. Follow Matt at Draftaholic, Alex and AwesomeO, DFS, myself at Lavi underscore D. And, Alex, good luck, man. I know I'll see you on Sunday. Are you are you taking off the show Sunday?
1: Yeah, I should because I don't want guys to, to get my picks, but oh. I'll be there.
0: You'll be okay. <laughs> that is true commitment. So we'll see you on Sunday. Whoever won't uh, wish the man some luck. Got seven inches. Got to take this down. Represent AwesomeO. We'll catch you back here very soon. Tyler's in there again, too. Appreciate you, brother. We'll see you guys. Peace.